to all my bourbon and boxing fans out there, man. Welcome to another episode of my podcast. Of course, this is my recap and reaction from the fights that happened over the weekend, man. We're going to go over the two big cards that happened. Of course, Showtime doing their last show, their last event ever, guys. Ever, ever, ever. It is over. Farewell. Sayonara. However you want to say it. See you later, Showtime Sports. It's no longer going to be. PPC will now be joining Amazon Prime to continue their boxing over there. <clears throat> Showtime did a hell of a job on giving the broadcasters and behind-the-scenes guys a shout-out, showing you everything that they've done for the last 35 years for boxing. And trust me, guys, it has been a lot, man. Uh, once upon a time, they were one of the only platforms out there after HBO had shut down. Not too many platforms, but Showtime picked up a lot of that HBO slack. They ran with it. They got 35 years out of the sport of boxing, man, which is awesome to see, guys. Uh, we can't thank them enough for everything they've done for boxing, man, and then giving us a nice little undercard Saturday to go along with that main card that they gave us. And um, I'll tell you what, it was hats off to them, man. Great show. But guess what? There was only one show, one fight, that I was interested in, guys. And, of course, the name of this episode's got to be Bam Rodriguez, baby. This young man showcased all his talents in the flyweight 112 division against no other than one of the best out there in Sonny Edwards. And these two guys... Did exactly what I said was going to happen, guys, man. They lived up to the hype, man. They got in the ring, and the first half of this fight, they banged it out, man. And they fought their asses off. Even though throughout the fight, I still gave Bam just that one step ahead of Sonny, man. <clears throat> you could see that small, very, very small gap between the talent and these guys. Uh, Bam just being such a calculated fighter using that reach to his advantage the entire fight. Uh, his hand speed, his footwork was amazing. Because even Sonny, who is a more aggressive style fighter, man, and he likes to move around that ring a lot, he even said at the end of this fight, man, that you know he couldn't do that against a guy like Bam. He was too smart. His footwork was too good. Now, I've said it a million times to you guys that when I work on footwork with my kids... I do that for a reason. There's nothing worse than a stone foot fighter who can't move around the ring, who can't hawk a guy down, who can't corner a guy, who can't cut the ring off because your feet are too damn slow. And Bam is not that guy. <laughs> He's got the footwork, the handwork, the speed, everything you want from a fighter man. He, and he's slowly building his legacy as he unifies the flyweight division with a big win and a stoppage this week against Sonny Edwards in the 10th round where we saw these guys bang it out the first half of the fight and then we saw Bam start to take over in the later rounds where Sonny just didn't have an answer. He had a swollen eye he couldn't see out of. He was claiming that his other eye was being shut and we find out he did have a broken orbital, orbitable, orbital, whatever the hell it's called, a broken eye socket pretty much. Uh, so he did have a pretty significant eye injury, and he still fought a hell of a fight, guys. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, this guy's out there with a broken eye socket, guys, 
and he's fighting as if he doesn't have a broken eye socket. And he was doing everything he can, fast-handed. The only thing that goes against Sonny and where he lacks is power. If you watch him, he's got like four stoppages in 20 of his fights. Uh, So he's not a knockout artist by any means at all, guys. So that's something we knew going into this fight that he wasn't going to knock Bam out. And I knew he wasn't going to outbox Bam. It was just all about what kind of night. He had to have the best night of his career. And he didn't have a bad night, man. He fought a hell of a fight. And both of these guys scrapped it out, man. It was something special to watch, man. I'll tell you that. Something special to watch, man. Definitely enjoyed watching that. Now there's a bunch of questions on the table for what is next for Bam Rodriguez, guys. And we'll get into that and much more, man. I'm going to take a little drink of my bourbon. Of course, I don't normally drink my bourbon during my recaps because it's usually early in the day. But my kids are on Christmas break and daddy needs a break. I need a little bourbon, a little me time, a little podcast, a little boxing talk. Get away from these little rugrats. Been up since 7 a.m. this morning, driving my ass crazy. But I'm going to just keep doing what I do, baby. A little bit of bourbon and dad will be all right. Oh, yeah. A lot of questions for Bam now, man. You know, do you guys put Bam in the pound for pound now? Honestly, think about that. He's unified that flyweight division. This guy jumps division, up divisions, down divisions, takes on any challenger they put in front of him, and he absolutely demolishes almost anybody they put in front of him. Now... To me, I had him on my pound-for-pound last year. I had him as a top-ten pound-for-pound. Everybody said it was crazy. Do I look crazy now? Ah, muchachos. Who looks crazy now, huh? Not this guy. But no, I don't look crazy, man. I sound crazy. I might look a little crazy. But whatever. We'll get to that on another topic. But to me, he is a pound-for-pound fighter, guys. There's no question about it. He is definitely in the top-ten there's a few guys you could... Josh Taylor shouldn't be in the pound-for-pound pound anymore. No doubt about it. Uh, I really don't think Demetrius Baval deserves to be in the top pound-for-pound pound fighter talks. I think you could take that guy out. Uh, a few of these other guys up there, man, that I think are questionable being up there. But I think Bam definitely deserves to be up there. Uh, I say he's definitely in the top ten. Not in my top five. Definitely in my top ten. If he moves up to 115, back up to 115 uh, in the bannerweight division, and he goes and takes on a legend like Juan Francisco Estrado, and he beats this man, and then he goes and takes on a Chacalito, and he beats that man, I think it's going to be hard to keep this guy out of the top five pound for pound. And he's already made a legendary career for himself. I mean, I mean, of course, the he wants the Estrada fight. He called Estrada out. That's the fight that he wants. But we all know that Juan Francisco Estrada has not been in the ring for a year now. A little over a year. Uh, he had had plans to fight Ioka uh, sometime earlier this year. It never happened. Something went through with that deal. It just didn't pan out. 
they're talking about that fight could still happen around springtime. So Estrada may have other plans to not want to fight this young buck just yet. He might want to go fight another vet, get another win under his belt, especially after being off for a year and a half. And a guy like, uh, you know, Bam, who's fought two to three times already this year and been very active the last few years. Uh, so if Estrada wants to come back, fight Ioka, uh, take that fight, and then fight, you know, a guy like Bam Gonzalez down the road, who does that leave for Bam to fight? Like I said, Chacolito would be on that list, no doubt. Uh, man, there's another guy. I'm trying to think of his name, man. Uh, he could he could go after the mandatory contender at 115 and uh, Kayosi Tanaka, you know. And you also have the undefeated IBF titleist Fernando Martinez that he could also now that two undefeated. Those are two younger guys. So if you wanted a fight between fighting a legend like Estrado, you take on a young buck like Fernando Martinez, who is currently undefeated and is the IBF titleist holder. That would be a hell of a fight. Two undefeated fighters at 115. That would be a banger. That's that's another one. Any fight that has Sonny or any fight that has Bam in it, I've, I'm watching. Um. Uh, I told you guys, I've been following Bam for about three years now. And I cannot say enough about how talented this young man is. He's 23 years old, unified the uh, flyweight division at 112. I think he could unify the 115 division. Uh, I think he could fight with any of those guys at 115. You know, uh, I think he could fight with Martinez. I think he could fight with Tanaki. I think he could definitely be up there with... uh, Estrada, the legend that he is, Chacolito, another legend. I mean, these fights aren't going to be easy fights for him, guys. But Bam is a guy who challenges himself. And I've seen that his whole career so far, that he hasn't turned down any big fights. He hasn't turned away from anybody. If you want it, you can get it. That's Bam's motto. Uh, and that that's what I'd love to see boxers do, man. Uh, it's kind of what we see Haney doing. You know, not signing a contract and just, hey, I'm going to fight this guy. I'm going to fight all the guys I want to fight. I'm not going to get stuck in your shitty-ass, you know, program where you might have two good fighters for me and then you don't have anybody else for me to fight. So I think a lot of guys should take what these guys are doing, these younger guys, signing two two fight deals, three fight deals, and being able to, to jump ship after a couple fights and go over to the next promotional platform. Fight a couple guys on that one. And it's a smart thing to do, especially if you want the belt. You're not going to be held in limbo. You're not going to be like, I got to fight five fights with top rank. And they've got, you know, two good guys at 140. So where do I go from there? I fight garbage, three garbage fights before I'm able to leave that and then go fight for more titles. Our hope that they can do a cross promotion with another company. And we all know in boxing, man, that cross promotion shit does not fly. These guys don't like to work with each other, which I think is the biggest downfall, man. I think if you had, in boxing, if you had a one sanctioning body, uh, one set of rules, you had, you know, one champion per each division, and even if you had an intern champion, you know, a guy, second guy, that guy, and you, the main belt and an intern belt, whatever. You had those two things, uh, and you and you narrowed it down to getting rid of all this bullshit ass belts out there. And 
you make these mandatories happen more often with a sanction and one sanction and body, one set of rules, all that. And I also think you could make it a league and you could keep your promotional platforms like Top Rank, PBC, Matchroom, Sky, ProBox, Ida Tiger, all these promotional companies out there, guys. Golden Boy, all, all these companies, you could put them into like a league. And at the end, you know, the best league's going to win, right? Everybody's going to fight everybody in their division at some point. Everybody who is somebody who deserves a chance or is upcoming is going to get that opportunity to climb the ladder and to get an opportunity to fight for a belt when the time becomes deserving and not having to wait five, six years from a guy who's running and ducking and weaving. You know, like uh, Benavidez is waiting on the belts for Canelo to decide who he wants to fight. That shouldn't even be a fucking option, man. Excuse my French. My French, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll say the fuck with. I'm very sorry for that, my France. But part of my French is, uh, awesome. a pretty awesome French uh, accent I just did there, my France. But look, like I said, you know, then you wouldn't have Canelo going, well, maybe I'll fight David better if I want to. If I really want to, I'm going to fight him. Instead of that bullshit happening, you could have a mandatory that said, fuck that. You fight him or you lose your belts, man. You do what you need to do or you lose your belts. Stop fucking cherry picking to build your legacy or make yourself look fucking better or feel better about yourself, guys. I'm sorry. When I talk Canelo for some reason, when I think of Canelo and David Benavidez, I don't know if you guys can hear it in my voice, but man, it really gets my fucking blood boiling. I dropped some F-bombs, and I want to apologize to that. I told you guys, I try to keep it as PG as I can on here, but every time I think about Canelo not fighting David Benavidez or that not being his next fight, it just gets my blood boiling because it's just absolute horse shit, man. It would be like the two best teams at the end of the year in the NFL and the Super Bowl not one team going, nope, uh, Philly, uh, Kansas City going, nah, we're not going to play Philly. I think we'll play uh, San Francisco. That's who we want to play. That's what it, it's no different, guys. That's how I look at this. One guy not fighting his mandatory and doing everything he can not to freaking fight this guy. Oh, I'm gonna fight a, a guy at one fucking fifty-four. I'm gonna talk about fighting Crawford at one forty-seven. I'm gonna talk about going back up and fighting Bavall. In a, in a weight class that I don't belong in for absolutely nothing. But you're not going to fight the guy you're supposed to fight. That's the biggest duck and weave and horse shit I've heard. And like I said, it gets my blood boiling. I don't want to get too far off track. But that's where one sanction and body comes in, man. And how you could organize boxing to an organized sport and just really make it fire, man. I, I think you can make it fire. Then you could have top rank. If, if you're the best you got the best talent, top rank, prove it. Matchroom, you got the best talent, time to prove it. PBC, you got the best stable, let's see, baby. All you guys go head-to-head, and at the end of the year, the two best fighters in each division will fight each other. You know what I mean? You could have your regular fights during the year and a tournament midway through the year to where all your top fighters in each division are going to have a tournament and fight it out, and then the two best in that division are going to end up fighting each other. I know it sounds crazy, and it take a lot to organize, and it's just a dream, guys. It's just all 
hypothetically speaking on my part, none of this is going to come to fruition because we know in boxing it's all about crookedness, not about what should actually be what should be done. You know what I'm saying? And it's not about what should be done, man. Uh, but like I said, man, when it's all done, man, uh, Bam's going to be able to pick, you know, from the litter. Uh, and but we know he's not Canelo. He's not going to go out there and fucking cherry pick. He's going to go fight the best, and he's already said he wants the best. Juan Francisco Estrado, Hall of Fame boxer, legend. And this young buck, he wants that. He wants those problems, baby. So give him those problems, Estrado. You don't need a tune-up. Get your ass back in the ring. Over a year off, you're too good for that shit. I don't know what happened. I don't want to speak because I don't really know what happened, why he's been out of the ring so long. Maybe he's getting older. He doesn't want to fight that much. He wanted to take some time off. I get that. Heal your body. Let your body properly heal. I also understand that. And then come back even stronger. But like I said, man, that fight on Saturday, man, before I get too far off track with this you know, mandatory shit with Canelo and all that other fun stuff. I want to stay on track with what I was doing. That's why I do my, my notes, man, to try to keep me on track because I will squirrel real, real fast. And then you guys will be like, what the fuck was he even talking about? What? Where was he going with this? And I don't even know where I was going with it. Then I had to retract myself. That's why I started doing notes, man, because sometimes I get off track and completely forget Take another swig of this bourbon, baby. And then we're going to talk about the undercard results for the uh, Bam and Sonny fight. Ah, Burn is going down. If it burns, it's working. All right, guys. Here's the undercard results for the, uh, for the Bam and Sonny card. Which is a pretty good undercard. We got to see a couple knockouts in this one. Uh, all together, I think I was a one, two, three, four, five K TKOs and KOs, and on the undercards here, not bad at all. Uh, had MJ defeat Gonzalez. That's what they call the guy. His name is entirely too fucking crazy for me to try to pronounce it. I mean, even his first name is like Mohatakahaka, and his last name is like. I don't get it. I'm not going to pretend to try to say it. We're just going to call this guy MJ like everybody else does in the boxing world. And he defeated Gonzalez with an eighth-round TKO. Yafi, who I'd been hearing a lot about, he did defeat uh, Santamaro in a unanimous decision in ten rounds, but that was a really tough fight for him, a big learning experience for Yafi. Uh, then the knockout of the week, knockout of the week, Guys, had to be O'Quinn who defeated McGrell with a with a fifth round TKO. And when I tell you, uh, McGrell was winning this whole fight, all four rounds. There wasn't a single round that you would have given to O'Quinn, even a fifth round that he knocked McGrell out in. He wasn't even winning that round. It was just he threw the right punch. Uh, I could say McGrell got a little bit cocky. Yeah, a little bit fed into his own shit. He was, I'm a master. He was out here boxing the Quinn's ears off, and I think he just threw one too many combos, got countered, and he went nap nap. And I say nap nap, guys. If I had a snoring button, 
that's what this guy was doing. He was on the mat, sleeping. Uh, I'd have to say that was a bigger knockout than the Colbert fight that we'll talk about on the Showtime card. That was a pretty big knockout, too. But that O'Quinn knockout was just beautiful. And then O'Quinn's like, I tell y'all, I tell y'all, he's like, I tell y'all, buddy, you landed a lucky punch. You were getting your ass whooped that whole fight. But that's what boxing is, guys. You can't get mad at the guy for landing that one good punch because that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to catch a guy who's getting a little too cocky. He throws one too many combos, and now you got an opportunity to counter that guy. And if you got the punch, well, you can uh, apply some damage, no doubt. And that's what we've seen in this fight. But we also saw uh, Papakoa defeat Majuka. Uh, TKO in the fourth round of that fight. Uh, Bostan defeated Russell the second in a unanimous, unanimous decision in the eight-round uh, eight fight. McGrell defeated Ortez Jr. Now, that must have been... I'm pretty sure these two McGrell guys, that must have been brothers because uh, there was two McGrells on this card. McGrell defeated Ortez Jr. by second-round TKO. It was a pretty good knockout also. Uh, Gonzalez defeated Molina in a second-round TKO also. So we got to see some knockouts in the undercard of this band fight. Then we got to see a hell of a main card between two of the best fighters out there in the flyweight division. So... No tears by me, guys. Uh, super impressed with what I watched this weekend on the The Zone card. I have to say that uh, hell of a overall card overall uh, was definitely hype with that, man. Uh, but before we get into the Showtime card, man, let's give our sponsors a little bit of love, man. Brown Family Construction. For all your construction needs, reach out to Brown Family Construction. Indoor or outdoor, man, they are the best in the business. Reach out to Jason Brown on Facebook, uh, where you can reach uh, find them on Brown Family Construction on Facebook. You can reach out to Jason Brown for any of your construction needs in the northern Kentucky or Cincinnati area, man. Hit these guys up. The name says it all. Brown Family Construction, where they treat you like family, man. All righty, guys. Let's jump into this Showtime card. It was their last show, man. Showtime's last show, man. At 35 years in the industry, and they're going bye-bye. Everybody was worried. What's going to happen with PBC? They got an incredible stable. Well, they're going to be going over to Amazon. Now, it's yet to be seen how, if most of these guys stay with PBC, because they've got quite a bit of a stable, and I don't know if Amazon knows what they're kind of getting into right now with PBC. Uh, I think they know what they want to get into. They want to get into the boxing game, no doubt, uh, the fight game, because, you know, they've gotten into a little MMA and all that. I think they, they you can get prime uh, uh, PBO, prime Prime League on there. I don't know. I don't know what it is. PFL, PFL, Prime Fighting League. You can get that on Prime also. Uh, but look, man, the main event on that we saw David Morrell defeat uh, Azabuko. Audi Azabuko. Forget about it. He went napping up in the second round. <laughs> if somebody call his brother, Artie. Hey, forget about it. He went nap nap now. That it wasn't none that I wasn't expecting. Uh, I really think that. As much as good as we see David Morrell is, I cannot judge this guy on ten fights. I cannot judge him on the talent that he's fought. I mean, Azabuko, he'd been out of the ring for a couple couple of years uh, due to some kind of injuries and all that kind of stuff. So 
he you know, he was a guy coming in with some ring rust and all that, and you could see it clear as day. Second round TKO, pretty vicious TKO by Morel, who called out David Benavidez at the end. I want Benavidez, and we get that. You want Benavidez, and Benavidez wants Canelo. He deserves Canelo more than you deserve him. You're ten fights in. Uh, in my opinion, you shouldn't be calling anybody out. Uh, we know he's good, no doubt about it, but there's other guys he could be fighting, like Boo Boo Andrade, uh, Canelo, or not, uh, but Caleb Plant, he could fight that guy. Uh, a couple other guys out there he could fight in that division before stepping up to a big game like Benavidez or Canelo, who I think eventually he may get those guys down the road. He is that good, and this is not me diminishing how good uh, David Morrell is, but like I said, when you step it up in talent, there's a whole different style of boxing. It's a whole nother level, and it's a whole different game when you go up a level. Just like in gaming, and you know, each level is going to get harder and harder, man. It ain't going to get easier. And uh, the bigger fights are only going to get harder and harder. The competition is only going to get tougher for David Morrell. So, I mean, let's see what he can do against a couple guys like Boo Boo Andrade or Caleb Plant. Or even if Jamel Charlo jumps up to uh, 168, why not make that fight? I don't think Charlo wants those problems. He'd get his ass knocked out. I can guarantee that. But I don't think he wants those problems. But that'd be a hell of a fight for a big money fight for uh, David Morrell and a big, big name, in my opinion. I don't know why nobody's really talking about that one. But, man, like I said, you know, who's Morrell's next fight? He's got a couple options out there. Uh, you know, Showtime did a hell of a job on showcasing boxing in 35 years, man. Everything they did for the sport. Uh, the next gen, if I'm correct, 114 champions came from the next gen. Uh boxing that Showtime put on, which is, was young guys coming up, uh, kind of like what you see on Pro Box, which we should actually get a Pro Box fight this Wednesday. Also, let's not forget about that, guys. Pro Box this Wednesday, tomorrow, should be a nice little fight card for them. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we saw them. If I'm correct, they should be on again tomorrow. So look out for Pro Box TV. Uh, you can find them on YouTube, or you can find them on ProBoxTV.com also. Uh, where you can tune into some of the fights. And they usually put on a pretty good card. They got some pretty good announcers uh, who I like. I respect uh, Chris Algier, Paulie. Uh, can't remember Paulie's last name to save my damn life. But, you know, you'll get uh, Teddy Atlas on there every now and then. But, like I said, they put on a pretty good card. Uh, you had to check them out, guys. Now, the undercard that we got to watch on that showtime... Now, the co-main event was uh, Venezuela versus uh, Chris Colbert. Now, this is kind of a fight. We saw Venezuela win the first time. Uh, this is the second of this one. And in the first fight, we saw Venezuela kind of do what he did in this fight. The first round, he went all out. Colbert was able to withstand it, took a knockdown early in the first round, kind of fought decently in the in the, you know, the second, third, fourth round. Uh, you saw in the fifth round, Venezuela start to come a little bit alive, figured out that he had figured uh, Chris out, Colbert out. He saw something, and then he knocked him clean out in the sixth round. And like I told you, the other guy was sleeping. Chris Colbert was definitely sleeping also uh, when he caught a big overhand right uh, that left him uh, sleeping in that sixth round with a KO for Venezuela, who got that fight. Now, he, you know, he's talking about De Los Santos, he wouldn't mind fighting De Los Santos next, all that other stuff, man. Uh, we'll see what lies for him. Not really super impressed with him as a boxer. 
Uh, I what I didn't like about that Colbert fight is that when he landed that big overhand punch on Colbert, you could clearly see Colbert was done. He was out. He was knocked out before he hit the floor, and he was falling down. And then that's when Venezuela attempted to throw another uppercut punch on Colbert that missed him that could have been really, 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 really deadly. And that's the type of shit I don't like in boxing. And when I see guys, and it was he knew what he was doing. He could see that he had knocked Colbert out. He caught him with that punch. He had him done, and he wanted to throw one more punch like a punk. And that's what it is. I mean, it's just being a punk. You know, sometimes, and that's what boxing, you're going to get that in boxing. You're going to get guys that are just punks, man. Uh, Venezuela, I know these guys had some bad blood between each other. Colbert had uh, said some shit that he shouldn't say, but you got to maintain yourself and act like a man in there, in that ring. And uh, when you see you got a guy knocked out, you don't go try to end the guy's career with a dirty punch that doesn't need to be thrown uh, at that time. So, I mean, I think he got lucky he didn't land that punch because he might have got disqualified, uh, in my opinion, for that because Colbert was clearly going down, uh, knocked out at the time. You could see it in his eyes, the way he was falling. He wasn't defending himself, hands down. He was clearly out, and that's when a guy has to back up. And that's sometimes when a ref has to step in also, uh, separate those two guys so a guy isn't throwing that punch while a guy's going down. Catching a guy knocked out going down with a punch can be really, really stupid and very dangerous, and uh, that's the kind of shit you don't need in boxing. But overall, good uh, good fight. Hats off to Venezuela. Just be smarter about, you know, what you're doing in there because your consequences could lead to bad actions, man. Uh, but also on that card, we got to see Palelo defeat Mandera. Uh, that was an eighth-round decision. We saw uh, Karan Davis defeat Stewart in an eighth-round decision also. King defeated uh, Theron in a stoppage in the fourth round by the ref. Spencer defeated uh, Buskowski with a, what was that fight? Sixth round. Looks like that fight got stopped in a sixth round. Sixth round decision fight, and it was only six rounds, actually. All right, guys, now let's jump into a little bit of boxing news, man. The one thing I will tell you on my show, man, some somebody asked me why I don't do more boxing news. Uh, sometimes my news is really short, and it's the fact that it, I don't really, I don't like to talk about rumors. I don't talk about guys talking smack to each other. I don't give a shit if Devin Haney and Tank Davis and his father are talking shit to each other. That, to me, is irrelevant has nothing to do with boxing. You know, unless they're in the ring fighting, that's all I care about. If they sign a contract, a deal, and they're going to fight, that's what I care about. I care about the facts, not the fiction part of boxing. Uh, you know, and that's why I don't always report everything that you see. You're going to see a hundred different things. This guy's going to fight this guy. This guy's going to fight this guy. But until it's down in writing, there's no guarantee on that. You know, we heard all last week Teofimo was going to fight uh, you know, Subaru Matias. There was no, absolutely zero backing to that. No offered men sent. Nobody had actually talked to each other. Just people throwing shit out there. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff I don't report. Because now this week you got that, you know, Teo is, Teo Fima Lopez did a deal with Jermaine Ortiz and Keyshawn Davis and Jose uh, Pedraza. 
they're going to headline a Super Bowl weekend show in Las Vegas. And I'd been hearing that he had made a deal with Ortiz before Subaru Mateus, before all that was being reported, that he was on more on the uh, Fighting Jermaine Ortiz uh, coming up sometime in February. It was reported that that was going to happen. Now it's kind of, hey, this is going to happen. That's the stuff I want to report. want to make sure that last week I'm not telling you Teofimo Lopez is going to be fighting Matias. And then this week I'm like, oh, no, he's going to be fighting uh, Jermaine Ortiz. Sorry about that, guys. That's boxing for you, man. You're going to get every week, you know, Devin Haney and Tank are going to fight each other. Until you see that shit in writing and it's in the contract and they got a date set, you don't buy that shit, man. And even when you got date sets, it's not always going to go through. We we saw that earlier in the year with uh, Shakur Stevenson and Frank Martin. That fight was supposed to happen. The deal was supposed to be done. Both sides had come to agreement. And then, boom, Frank Martin backed out at the uh, last minute. And, you know, and Shakur had to take that De Los Santos fight where he did not look that great in. But we won't get much into that. Uh, you also have uh, Jaya Opatia. He was forced by the uh, he was forced to vacate his titles by the IBF cruiserweight title for the fight that he took this weekend, uh, and you know pretty much being punished. Frank Warren's not real happy about it. He spoke out, saying you know it's kind of horseshit on their part to you know pull that with him. Uh, like I said, these belt these belt guys they they have their own rules. WBO, WBC, IBF. Uh, all these guys, they have their own set of rules, and, and that's where the issue comes in. You know, they're saying, "Well, I'm going to strip a guy who just fought four months ago, unified a division, and we're going to strip him of his titles because he's not going to fight as mandatory, uh, or he hasn't had an opportunity when he has a rematch." And I'm talking about Terence Crawford at this point, but the uh, I think it was the IBF stripped him of his title when he had just unified the fucking division four months before that, and he has an automatic rematch clause against the guy that he fought. And then the IBF's like, well, you're not going to fight Boats, or we're going to take your title, and we're going to give it to Boats. You know, I don't get that stupid shit. And then you got people like the WBC who lets people hold on to titles for the rest of their fucking life as long as they want to, as long as they're paying their dues. That's all that really matters to them. Um, look, we got a fight schedule. Not a big fight schedule. This, I mean, it is a big fight schedule because... It's not a huge fight, like as far as like uh, there's not a lot of main cards. There's only two really, like two main cards this week. Only one on Saturday, but the fight on Saturday that you're gonna get, it's gonna be like three fucking main cards, really, because uh, you're gonna get Anthony Joshua who's gonna be the main card. He's gonna be fighting Otto Wallen, and then you're gonna get Wilder on the co-main event, who's gonna be fighting Parker. Then you're gonna have, fuck oh, man, I mean. The, you're going to have Big Baby Miller. He's going to be fighting on there. Uh, I forgot who he's fighting. Uh, yeah, Daniel Dubai. He's going to be fighting him. Uh, you're going to get... God, who else was it? Quite This is a, quite an amazing card. I'll get more on into that on Friday when I break that down for everybody. Uh, but we're also going to get a rare Tuesday fight. The day after Christmas, you're going to get uh, Noah Inouye. Versus Marlon Tapples. Now that's going to be a hell of a fight. The day after Christmas, man, I'm going to be tuned into that one. I'm pretty sure it's going to be somewhere out of Japan uh, in that area. So it's going to be super early. Probably be able to catch that nine o'clock in the morning. Come, you know, 
get up in the morning, throw on some boxing. Doesn't get any better than that. But I'll break down those two fights for you on Friday, get more into them, uh, and tell you who I'm going to favorite, especially that Day of Reckoning card that's going to be going on in Saudi Arabia with the co-main event, Joshua versus Wallen. That undercard is absolutely amazing. Her- Hergovich is going to be on there. Baby Miller is going to be on there. Daniel Dubai is going to be on that undercard. Uh, Otto Wallen, Anthony Joshua, uh, Parker, Wilder. I mean, just an unbelievable card that they're putting on. Pretty much all, if I'm right, it's 100% heavyweights. So you're going to get some big boys in there battling battling it out. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a great card. It's going to be a good filled day of boxing. Uh, I had to figure out, like I said, I'll go, I'll break that down more for you on Friday on exactly the uh, times, uh, when that's going to start. We know it's coming out of Saudi Arabia. Is it going to be later in the States, all that other stuff, or we're going to get it nice and early to where you can get an early fight day and then enjoy the rest of your night uh, out there. But hey, man, like I said, this is just me jumping on here to do a little bit of recapping today, guys. And uh, thank you guys for joining me, of course. I want to thank you guys for always tuning into my show. Anybody who does, anybody who takes the time to listen, man, thank you guys for listening to me. Uh, don't forget to follow, subscribe, like, check me out on YouTube, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, Bourbon and Boxing. Also check out my Facebook group, Bourbon and Boxing. It's all under the same name, so it's going to be easy to find no matter what platform you go to. But check me out, man, and take a few seconds out of your day to like it, to subscribe and to follow, man. If you like what you hear, definitely like to tune in with you. I do about two shows a week, uh, usually my Monday or Tuesday recap of the following weekend, and then I'll do a Friday breakdown for you guys, though, man. But thank you once again for joining me for my episode seven of my podcast, and uh, I look forward to talking to you guys on Friday and breaking down these big, big day of reckoning fight that we got going on in Saudi Arabia, man. But once again, thank you guys for joining me. Here's a little toast to you guys. One more little shot of bourbon before I have to go back upstairs to these rugrats, baby. All right. Thank you, guys.